Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Morning Leftovers with your co-host, Zach, with Mike Bradley here. How's it going? So in today's episode, we're going to discuss the Michigan and Michigan State games that happened this past weekend, uh, give some details about each of the games, and then we're going to preview the upcoming games this weekend. So that being said, we're just going to get right into it. We're going to start with the Michigan game. So Michigan traveled to South Bend this past weekend to take on the Fighting Irish. Uh, it was a depressing game, to say the least. Uh, Michigan, of course, ranked opponent on the road, couldn't get it done again. Shocker. It's just the same, you know, the same same shit, different day. You know what I mean? It's just they, they just can't get over over that hill. Ever, ever since the fumbled punt against Michigan State his first year, every big game they, like, choke. They just don't perform. They just don't make big plays. They, they don't show up. How many times are we going to see this replay over and over again? They don't show up. It's like ever since that game, Jim Harbaugh's scared to play in a big game because he's afraid like the same thing's going to happen again or something. I don't know. And it might just rub off on the players on the team. I don't know. I mean, you look at Harbaugh on the sidelines and he's standing there like a scared kid. It, there's, there's like no creativity. Like just the eyeball test is watching it. It's just very bland. They don't get creative. It's like everything they do is predictable. Yeah. It's it's really bad, and, and you know, doing a little research and stuff, I found out. Well, I sort of had an idea about this, but Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's first year, he actually wasn't calling plays. It was Jed Fish and Tim Drevno, and the first season, you know, Michigan's offense wasn't what. It wasn't predictable. They would run plays to set up plays later in the game, and just now it's just, like, all over the place. Like, they don't have an identity. They're coming out in one possession and spread, then they're coming out in the next time they get the ball, and they're running two tight end, eye formation. They just, like, you got to pick something and run with it. They don't have an identity at all offensively. They don't. And last year – your um your Spartan coach Mark D'Antonio hit the nail on the head after that game in his press press conference. One of the first things Mark D'Antonio said is, in the first half they ran forty five different formations and they only scored three points. You got to have an identity. You can't as much as you think running a bunch of different formations is going to trick the opponent. At the same time, you're not perfecting what you're doing, so it's gonna not. It's just not gonna pan out. Right. It's like a restaurant having a bunch of like seafood and steak and then lasagna. And you, you can't, you need to have a focus. Focus on one thing and perfect it. Otherwise, everything is just going to be like half assed. Right. It's just not, it's not going to turn out well. And it, and it wasn't. It was an awful game. Michigan's offense, they had a total of 58 rushing yards for the whole game, which is pitiful. It's awful. Yeah. And, 33 attempts. 33 attempts for 58 yards, so an average of 1.8 yards a carry, which is just bad. And Notre Dame 
I mean, obviously they have a good defense, but by no means do they have like a stout elite top five defense. So that was very alarming to see. Um, Hagen got a majority of the carries. Uh, Chris Evans only got two carries in the whole game. I thought that was sort of mismanaged by Harbaugh because he's the one that calls all the plays. So it's his fault that, you know, they're, they're two different backs. You only give Chris Evans two two carries in the whole game. I think that has to change. I mean, Higdon did all right, but still, they only averaged about two yards a carry, so that's just not cutting it. Uh, in terms of the passing offense and Shea Patterson, Patterson really didn't do that bad. They had a total of 250 passing yards. Patterson didn't account for all of that because he went out late in the game with cramps. But Patterson went 20 for 30 for 227 yards. He had one pick, and at the end of the game, he fumbled the ball. He was, however, sacked three times. He was hurried six times, and he had five carries for negative 20 yards. Uh, Well, with Patterson... He was kind of how I expected. You know, people were hyping him up that he was going to be this big, like, game changer in that. And to me, he's a good college quarterback from what we've seen so far. It's only one game. Um, he himself is not going to hurt Michigan, though. You know, if, the, if Harbaugh can get everything together around him, I think that'll be all right. You know, his, his completion percentage was 66.7%. He's not hurting the team at all. Longest throw was 52 yards, so he's got an arm. My biggest thing is, I mean, it's like you go with the offensive line. The offensive line was god-awful. Both of their tackles just did not do well at all. Um, they even had pressure up the middle. But one of the things with Patterson – is he makes he makes his first read and if it's not there he it seemed like he panicked. Granted, the line was awful and letting guys through pretty quickly, but you know, like one or two seconds into the play, if the first option wasn't open, he'd try to run, and that doesn't you know, you can't you can't just try and run every time because that's not gonna work. When McCaffrey came in, I thought he actually did a better job because it seemed like he was actually stepping up into the pocket instead of trying to bounce outside and make a run, a throw on the run. The little bit we saw him, yeah, I was impressed a lot. He showed a lot of poise in the pocket. He didn't, yeah, he didn't panic. Yeah. Patterson seemed like he panicked a few times. I mean, he panicked when he threw the interception. He threw it into the wide receiver was not open at all. I can't remember if it was double coverage or not, but it was like along the sideline. He just he was trying to run and he just threw it. He didn't even uh, he just like launched one because he didn't want to get sacked. So I don't. And overall, you know, his completion percentage was good. He threw for over two hundred yards, but still no passing touchdowns, which is awful. I think I saw a stat today. There's been, I think, 15 games 
where Michigan has not uh, maybe there I don't know, it's something like that. It was between like ten or fifteen games Michigan hasn't had a passing touchdown or something. From a quarterback to a wide receiver. Like ever? Like no, like the the past consecutive like oh, ten wow. games. They Jeez. haven't had a it's been all rushing or like pick six or kick return or Wrong game is extremely important, but you're not going to win if you can't. No, it's it's awful, and it it's a combination of Harbaugh and the offensive line. I would say mostly Harbaugh because it is his scheme, it's his offense. If the offense wants to get better, I think Harbaugh is just going to have to loosen the reins a little bit. They need to hire an offensive coordinator, and they have to have – him just focus on the offense and call the plays because Harbaugh has shown over the past few seasons that just he can't call plays. He he's not good with flow. He he's not good at calling plays that'll set up plays later in the game. Uh, you're more aware of the coaching staff than I am. Is there anyone on that staff that you feel would be better suited to call plays without bringing anyone in? Well, they have McElwain and Pep Hamilton on staff. I'm sure McElwain could call play. He did. He was Alabama's offensive coordinator before he went to, you know, a long time ago. He could do it. I mean, it's not like they don't have people on staff that can. Pep Hamilton, I'm sure, I mean, at least give him a try. I mean, I don't really know. He... He doesn't call plays, so I'm not sure how he'd do, but right. you might you have two cupcake games to try. Why not just try? It's just up to it's hard. I just wanna I don't know, he stubbornness, ego. He wants too much control. At a certain point he just needs to let go and just be the he, he oversee it. He's got the headset on. If you don't like something, he can stay right. in. But he needs to let his assistants and that do what they do. Right. He's trying to micromanage, and it's just not. I mean, look what – like, he let the defense go. Like, he has no say in the defense, and the defense performs well. He's got his hands all over the offense, and it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just not good. Just be, the, just be the, the big man that makes the – do we punt or go for it on fourth down and let someone else call the plays? Defensively for Michigan, though, the first half did not look good at all. Uh, they gave up 21 points in the first half, 24 points total in the whole game. So in the second half, they made adjustments. They played a lot better. Like five minutes into the game, their starting safety got a targeting call and got kicked out of the game, which I didn't think he should have gotten kicked out of the game. It wasn't that bad of a hit. I get the flag. I get the 15 yards. You can keep that. Because it was a defenseless receiver. But the hit wasn't that bad. He hit him with his shoulder pads. He didn't have forcible contact with the helmet. Okay. I agree. It it was dumb for him to get kicked out. The penalty should yeah, stand. Yeah. Like, I get the penalty. Contact but... was made with the head, so the penalty stands. But it, it wasn't. Like he was targeting the right. player. 
It's just one of those freaky things where the wide receiver caught the ball and was coming down, and as he was coming down, he was like, "I, what do you want him to do? Like, he's trying to make the tackle. You just want him to just not like, I don't know. That it's it's just tricky. That's why I think they shouldn't they shouldn't have kicked him out of the game. You know, like why he's trying to play football. Like I get the fifteen yard penalty, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just you can tell when a player is like purposely trying to hurt someone. He wasn't running out there headhunting. Right, no. You can tell when a player's trying to do that. So so that happened. Uh, Overall, though, uh, the defense did get one interception, two sacks, seven tackle for losses, three hurries. But Brian Wimbush for Notre Dame, the Notre Dame quarterback, he tore us apart on third down just running. Our defensive ends were over-pursuing, and I think Notre Dame stole game plan ideas from last year against Michigan State because we did the exact same thing. Um, They used our strengths to our weakness. We rush hard, we come up the field, and then if you have a mobile quarterback, he can just slip through and just gain yards. Yeah, what was that? I remember that one play. It was like third and like, it was third and long. It was like third and 18. It looked like they were collapsing right on him, and he just went right up the middle untouched. And, and got it first yeah, down. got that first down. And they didn't have a spy on either. It's like, I don't know. You, you, like, you can't. That's just demoralizing, having your defense gets them in a third and long situation, and then they give up all those yards to a quarterback draw. Um, in terms of yardage, I don't really like to look at yardage as a gauge for a defense. I'm more concerned with points because, like, you could give up 400 yards, but if they only have three points, then, I mean, they marched all over the field on you, but they didn't score. So it's like I value points, giving, giving up points more than yardage, but they gave up 170 passing yards yards, which actually isn't really that bad. Because sometimes teams, you know, usually throw for two or 300 yards. And then the rushing defense was bad, though. They gave up 132 yards. That needs to be under 100. If you can hold a team to under 100 rushing yards, you're more than likely probably going to win the game. Majority of those yards came from Brian Wimbush. In terms of their running backs, they really didn't gain, uh, gain that many yards on our defense. It was mostly scrambles and draws. So overall, coming coming into the game, the defense, I almost want to give them a half just because, I mean, yes, we game plan for them all summer, but at the same time, Notre Dame's going to put in sprinkles and stuff that are new. So we did make adjustments and we played – a lot better in the second half. Oh uh, yeah, games when the game started in that watching your defense, like I was like, oh guys, this is not going to be good. It's going to be high scoring, but your defense adjusted, right? You know, and th- that shows a lot. If you can do that through the season, you know, if you get scored on early, it's fine. But if you can adjust, you can get back in the game. And they kept us in the game. Your your offense though was not it was bad. Did not adjust. Bad, 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 bad. It. It's going to be a problem all year if that offense cannot get running. 
Yeah, and again, it just comes back to Harbaugh's play calling and finding an identity. I think those are the two biggest issues. I think that's what is hurting the offensive line is they're running so many different schemes and formations. They just need to pick something and just perfect it. Quit trying to confuse other teams. Yeah, now you're just confusing yourself. Right, exactly. So looking ahead to this week, Big Blue has their home opener in Ann Arbor at the Big House. The Western Michigan Broncos are coming to town. Some facts about the Broncos. Uh, Last week they had their home opener in Kalamazoo. They played Syracuse. They scored 42 points, but they gave up 55 so they also lost. They played, um, were they the Orange, Syracuse Orange? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, their defense is awful. I mean, they can put up points, though, but, again, it's Syracuse. We're going to have a way better defense than Syracuse. Um, their quarterback threw for 379 yards, three touchdowns, but he had two picks. He rushed for uh, 242 yards. Also three touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. I think a player to look for um, for Western Michigan this week, especially with this past game with Notre Dame, we had a few – there was a few plays where their receivers, you know, they wanted it more. They stole the ball from our DBs. Um, Dwayne Eskridge for Western Michigan, he had eight receptions for 240 yards. Two touchdowns. His long was 84. So even if you take away that long, he still had 156 yards receiving, which is, for a college player, that's balling. So that could be Western Michigan's playmaker for this week. But, again, you know, they gave up 55 points. So I think if our offense doesn't score at least 40 points, I think there's seriously something wrong. About the Levante Bellamy, the running back there, 11 attempts, 120 rushing yards. Yeah, he did good too. Two touchdowns. He averaged 10.9 carry. That probably won't happen this week. No, it's not going to happen, but it's. it's yeah. Player. You still got to look at No, I mean, yeah. I was going to put him in my notes too, but I just did the wide out because he had over 200 yards receiving. I was like, oh, that's balling for a college wide receiver, so. So yeah, it Michigan should definitely, you know, these next two games coming up, we're just expecting them to win. It's not even a big deal. It's a joke. They'll have their test when the Big Ten starts. So these next two games, they got to get their, their shit together because this first week was not was not good at all. It's, yeah. And if uh... – let you know how big of a blowout this game should be. If you go to Vegas and bet on this game, uh, and you want the Broncos, you're gonna get 28 points. And if I if I was going to Vegas, I might actually take that. I might take the Broncos in the 28. Yeah, because that Michigan offense can be question marked. But yeah, honestly, their defense will probably score like two touchdowns. It, maybe I don't know. I 
28 points is a lot of makeup. It is. If you don't have an offense going. So I take the Broncos and the points on that. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't look at the spread. So that being said, we both expect Michigan to bounce back. Of course, they're playing a MAC team at home. They should take care of business. So we will discuss Michigan next week. So moving on now, we're going to talk about Michigan State. They uh, had their home opener in East Lansing against Utah State. The final score was 38-31. I watched the game with Mike here, and he was um, sitting on the edge of his seat the whole time. It, did not, it wasn't pretty either. It was not a pretty game. They did not play well. You know, it's the start of college football season. Supposed to be a cupcake. I came over ready to watch the football game. Supposed to be an easy night. We're gonna order some pizza, we're gonna have a few beers. Yeah, I was supposed to be relaxed all night. No, I was on the edge of my seat all night because Sparge did not look prepared at all. That defense did not look good. It was it was a stressful game. Yeah, you showed up and I had just turned the game on, and I was like, wow, Utah State's already winning by a touchdown. We were both like, what? How did what happen? It was like two minutes into the game, and Utah State was already winning. Uh-oh. was a good game. Michigan State was actually losing in the fourth quarter, um, and Michigan State came back and pulled out the victory. But, um, you know, for typical, we'll start with the offensive side of the ball for MSU. Rushing the ball, you'd expect them to do well. They did. They rushed for over 100 yards. L.J. Scott, 23 carries for 84 yards, so he's averaging almost four yards a carry. That's solid. And they have Connor Hayward. I don't know who this kid is, but he had five carries for 42 yards. Uh, I don't know if that's a running back or a wide receiver. I'm, I don't know. But he averaged eight – Eight and a half yards a carry, and he had two touchdowns. So their rushing game looked fine, which, again, it was against Utah State, so they should be able to run the ball against them. Passing, they put up 287 yards, which averaged out to be 8.7 yards per pass. Um, They did have one, uh, one interception, though. Not good. Pick six. Yeah. All the way back. Those two turnovers and that. Offensively, and I didn't think they really looked that bad. Lurky also fumbled the ball. Yeah. He needs to be a little sharper. But I don't know. Looking at. I mean, he sort of canceled it out with the two touchdowns, and his completion percentage is pretty good, too. So. But you can't have pick sixes and stuff when you're playing big games. That's just that just kills your team. Yeah, yeah. You can't have a pick six. That you have a pick six. That means your offense was out on the field, and you threw the pick six. Now you got to get back right back out there. You just you ruined your whole flow for the team. But other than that, I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, they in time of possession. They controlled the game. They had the ball for over 37 minutes compared to 22 for Utah. So overall, I'd say the offense did pretty well. 
besides Lewerke's turnovers. Rushed the ball well, threw the ball well. They look, for the first game of the year, I'd say their offense probably gets like a B. A, if Lewerke wanted to turn the ball over two times in the manners that he did. One thing, though, that was not good on that offense is they had two penalties at the Utah one-yard line. Oh, that's not good. That's what were they holding? Uh, I I don't know. Probably holding. Yeah. I can't remember. I know we watched it, but yeah, that's not good either. No, when you're when you're that close, you're at the one yard line. You get a penalty. Actually, up at least ten. Yards. Well, 10 maybe yards, false start. I think one was a false start and one like, was a holding. It, you can't have that. Yeah, no, that you gotta clean that up too. <sighs> Defensively, it's a little worrisome here. Um. They gave up 31 points to Utah State. Granted, one was a pick six. So, 24 points. Yeah. Um, Their quarterback threw for uh, 319 yards. The rushing defense was good, though. 25 yards. However, they had three rushing touchdowns. So, that means their goal on rushing defense is not good. Yeah, which you can have. Because once a team gets that close, they're going to rush it on you. Right. But, yeah, in terms of passing, their defense was like a sieve, giving up 319 yards in the air. That's worrisome for this coming week when we get into their next opponent because they love to throw the ball. So, I don't know. that you can. I mean, they can clean that up quickly too, but it didn't look good. It was sloppy. I'm not going to put too much on this first game. Yeah. Just like – Michigan fans shouldn't put too much on the Notre Dame game. Right, because we don't know how good Notre Dame's going to be this year. Right. It's it's, it's, it's a little more hard. it's more worrisome, though, for State because, let's be honest, Utah State is not going to be a powerhouse. No. So I just got to hope that they kind of took the game easy. They weren't expecting – uh, the Aggies to be that as good as they were. It's almost like they were taking the first game off and just looking forward to the trip to uh, Arizona State is what I got to hope for. Because if, if that defense looks like that, traveling out to Arizona State, a game could look real ugly for Spartan defense. So that being said, I guess we'll move into – Discussing the next week, Spartans have a West Coast trip. They're going to Phoenix, Arizona to take on Arizona State. 10.45 Eastern start, so they're going to be on ESPN after dark Pac-12 football. Um, last week, Arizona State um, – they played a really small school. I can't. It was like forty-five to seven. They blew them out. Um, Arizona State had four passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. Their whole offense was actually really balanced, though. They had two hundred thirty-seven passing yards and two hundred sixty-six rushing yards for this Michigan State game. 
I expect it to be I expect it to be more one-sided. I do not think they'll get anywhere near the same amount of rushing yards at all. I think if Arizona State is going to beat Michigan State, it'll be through the air just because of how they performed this past week. Um, yeah, I'm not afraid of the rushing game. No. It's, they start passing it, airing that ball out. If Utah State can do that against MSU, what's an offense like Arizona State going to be able to do to it? And here is a very interesting stat. I think this is probably, out of all the statistical information we've given so far, I think this is the most interesting one. The Big Ten has never beaten ASU in Tempe. They're 0-9. Wow. 0-9? 0-9 in Tempe, Arizona. So that's an interesting stat for this game. Can Michigan State get the first win for the Big Ten playing in Tempe, Arizona? I mean, when we... Broke it down for the whole season. I picked this as a loss. I did too, I think. So I No, I think it's, it's just it's, I think it's gonna be a loss. I don't I don't have a lot of faith in that defense after that. I don't think they're gonna be able to stop them. If it was ASU coming to East Lansing, it'd be totally different. Oh, completely different. But since the you guys are going down there Late game, travel time. It's going to be a huge game for them. Herm Edwards. <laughs> it, there's going to be a lot of hype around the Sun Devils for that. I. It's going to be. They're going to have Michigan State's going to have to get used to the environment too, like the heat and stuff. I. It's a night game, but it's still going to be hot. I do wonder how many Spartan fans are going to travel out there. Yeah, there, I don't there, know. There's sometimes with these road games that you travel well for some reason. Now, I, I wanted to get tickets and go to this game, but we couldn't pull that together. But for Arizona State, you know, with how I think they're going to have to beat Michigan State through the air, which is – Sort of the stereotype for a Pac-12 team being able to throw all over the place with speed. Arizona State has a stud wide receiver. His name is Nikhil Harry. He's 6'4", 220 pounds. Last week, he had six receptions for 140 yards. His long was 58, and he had two touchdowns. Now, Utah State tore it up in the air. So Michigan State is going to have to definitely double-team this dude because if you're 6'4 and 220 in college. That's a big dude. It's a big dude. That's a big dude. So I'm actually really excited. This is going to be a great game to watch. I'm actually glad it's on so late too because that means there's actually a good game on like in the middle of the night. So uh, there's there's a lot of hype surrounding this game. I don't. Every team gets at least one mulligan. So if Michigan State loses, like it sucks, but at the same time, they can afford to have a loss. 
It's a Pac-12 loss, too, so it doesn't affect right. the Big Ten standings or anything. Right. It's just like you, Michigan. Notre Dame. Yeah, it has no effect on the Dame. Big Ten. Right. Yeah. So, as much as, you know, as much as you want them to win, and I honestly, like, I don't really care who wins this game. I think it as long as it's a good game, I think that's the most important thing. Um, but, yeah, I – I don't know, Arizona State at home, uh, between the travel and uh, how that defense looked last week, Michigan State's defense, I don't know. Other thing, too, is how? what about Arizona State's defense? I mean, what you just told me before we started, they um, – it was something about their rushing defense or something. You said they held the other team oh, to uh, yeah the yard, rushing yards allowed uh, two yards. Granted, they played a tiny, tiny school. UTSA or something like that. UTS. Yeah, it's something like that. I I'm not really sure exactly who they play, but that could be another thing. We're not even talking about it. Arizona State's defense now. If we're talking about Pac-12 stereotypes, the stereotype is that Pac-12 teams don't really play defense. It's mostly just like defense in the pack. Run and gun, just score, score, score. Whoever scores the most is going to win. But I don't know. Maybe we're not going to say that Arizona State has a great defense, but it might be a good. That might be the deciding factor. Like maybe Arizona State's defense. Gets a fumble recovery, or Brian Lewerke throws another pick six. I don't know. With their offense, I think that that defense can really be slightly below average, and Arizona State's going to have a great chance to win that game. To me, their defense does not have to be, you know, put up a wall and shut them down. They can... All right. Well, well, Michigan State, what they want to do is they want to establish the run. They want to be able to run the ball. If Arizona State, for some reason, has a really good rush defense, granted, we've already established that they played to no name last week and they held them to two yards. If they can hold Michigan State to under 100 rushing yards, that's a win. My eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's. uh, This is. I'm looking for a week two game. This is probably. What I'm looking forward to the most because the Michigan game is not really going to, you know. That should be easy. Yeah. It's going to be boring. I honestly hate, like, the week two and three games because, like, everyone is playing. At least in week one, like, you have some games where, like, the big teams will play each other. But, like, two weeks two and three and sometimes even four, teams are just, like, just playing all the small teams. Cupcakes. Right. Just- and there's a there's the occasional upset, but for the most part, it's just all blowouts. So it's so boring to watch because there's nothing, there's no good game. So this actually has the potential to be probably one of the best games of the whole week. I'm excited. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I might not be happy with the results, but I'm excited. Yeah, should be. Um, if you go to Vegas for this game, if you like put some money down. Uh, yeah, what's the spread? Arizona. Getting six. So they're favored by six. Yeah. Now they're uh 
they're getting sick, so they're so they're the underdog. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'd bet on Arizona State. Yeah, then. I already think Arizona State. Yeah, I so. bet on Arizona State. Then, if it was the other way, I'd be like, oh man, that's oh man, I think I don't know. I, Unless like Arizona State's just not is trash, but I just think they're gonna come up for that game. I just don't. I don't know. Alpha, what we talk about, what I think. And if I was in Vegas, I'd be putting some big money on this game right now. It's. Uh, plus, Michigan State always plays up or down to the competition, so I think it's just going to be a good game. Yeah, like they play they they play well for big games, but then they play down when they play not so good teams. So, yeah. So that being said, I think that'll finish it up for this episode. Next week we'll have. Uh, another episode just discussing Michigan and Michigan State. And we might even throw a little Mac in next week, too. Um, we'll sort of decide if we want to do that or not. But uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to give us positive feedback if you like what you're hearing and spread the word to other people. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. So thank you. Have a good day, y'all.